wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the cold, cold, cold uh, city of Adelaide. Uh, I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. And I know you're saying for today. It's not Tuesday and Wednesday. Today is Friday. Uh, yeah, look, that's very true. I'm actually also your drive time host today. Our good friend Nick, he's unfortunately uh, been impacted uh, with the uh, the seasonal uh, flu. So uh, he he can't be with us today. And look, if uh, Nick is listening, we want to give a really big uh, shout out to him. Uh, Nick, I hope and pray that you're uh, uh, you're well, super quick, uh, and that uh, you're able to return to, uh, to to full functioning. It really is wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Uh, now, folks, uh, we would love to have you uh, share with us, and you can do that by uh, our drive time text number 04888-80811. But look, if you want to actually look at one of our back or listen, look or listen to one of our back programs, why not download the Faith FM app? Now, look, not a lot of people actually realize that we do have a wonderful app. Now, look, we're actually a, a low-power FM station. Now, that means that in some in some places, uh, reception's not as good as what it could be. Uh, but if you download your Faith FM app, uh, you can get perfect reception continually. Now, look, if you want to get that app, you can download it onto your phone. All you need to do is go to your favourite app store and search for Faith FM Australia. Now, Please make sure you put that Australia in there. If you don't put that Australia in there, uh, what you're going to find is you're going to get Faith FM America and you're going to get American voices. And you don't want those American voices. You want those good old Australian uh, voices. So look for Faith FM Australia and uh, uh, and download that, uh, that app. Now, that means that you can listen to all of our programs perfectly live. Uh, in my own case, I actually uh, Bluetooth uh, those uh, uh, those programs at Faith FM uh, and listen to it via Bluetooth in my car and I get perfect reception wherever uh, I go. It's absolutely fantastic. Also, if I want to listen to back programs, uh, you can actually do that as well. So, guys, look, if you would like to get hold of the Faith FM app, please let me encourage you to do that. Uh, go to your favourite app store, Faith FM Australia is what you need to search for. Download that and uh, you can get perfect reception uh, wherever you are uh, right around uh, Australia. Now look, this week we are listen we are looking at the theme radical teachings in the parables of Christ. Uh, this is really uh, quite challenging. It's quite amazing some of the things that Christ did uh, actually say. Now, uh, today uh, we're looking at the parable. I call it the parable directed to tired believers. Do you know I'm so conscious that in church after church, I'm so conscious that there are certain uh, some believers who have got uh, have become very tired. Uh, Christ uh, called it the parable of the uh, ten virgins. We want to dig into that parable and just see what is it actually saying uh, to us in our contemporary era. Now today, 
our co-host is once again a Tracy Papandreou. Now, it's fantastic to have Tracy in our studio uh, with me uh, because she's actually one of my Brighton Church members. Uh, and I, it is an absolute privilege to be, I think this is the first time we've actually sat together in the studio to be able to lead a program. Welcome to you, Tracy. Hi, uh, Gary, and hi to all the listeners. It's good to be here. We have actually um, been across the table before, once before, when I was actually on the panel and you were in the in this seat. So, so it's nice ah. to have a have a have a chance to to be having a swap and seeing how we do. <laughs> that, that, that's I'm um, really good that you reminded me of that because it's actually a sign that you know I may be getting dementia and I might be coming closer to <laughs> uh, retirement so. <laughs> than I, what I actually realised. You know. Um, but yeah, look, Tracy. One of the things that roles that you do at our Brighton Church, and I really appreciate your ministry at our Brighton Church. Uh, you are our one of our two co-leaders in prayer ministries. Mm. Now, and that means week by week you're involved in uh, in this wonderful little ministry. Now, look, can you just tell us what is it that's made you so passionate about prayer ministry? Look, it's been something I've grown into. Um, the word's very important to me. And I can remember years ago, you know, I used to say to people, you know, if I have to um, uh, weigh up my time between time in the word and, and, and prayer, I much prefer to spend time in the word. That was how it was mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only say that um, uh, once COVID hit, I yeah. became quite, conscious that um, you know we're, we're coming to the end of, of time and we are called to to pray we're called to pray we're called to bring everything to God and I just um, I just love seeing how God works in my own life and in other people's lives and we're told in the word that sometimes we don't receive certain things and Look, sometimes it might mean material things, but more often than not, it's character-related things that that God's talking about when when uh, we read those these things in the Bible. But there are things that we don't necessarily receive because we don't ask, mm. you know. So so um, I'm conscious that I want I want the fullness of all that's available to me. You know, there are many tools that are available to us as Christians, and prayer is just such a powerful tool that we have available that I'm not sure. All Christians really, you know, um, take full advantage of. I'd also say that I love the opportunity to walk beside people in their difficulty through mm. being able to mm. pray for them. And um, I don't really understand the science behind where we're told that, you know, where two uh, or more are praying in my name, you know, that, 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 it's almost like and I'm not going to quote the scripture correctly, but uh, you know that there's more power if you like in that. I don't understand that yeah, because yeah. I feel that my individual pr- um, prayer is powerful as well. But um, you know, I think it's something to do with the fact that God loves to be able to move, and when there's a number of people all praying for that situation, we all have our faith um, reinforced, and and I believe that's something to do with why there's so much power when when we're praying together. But I really do enjoy walk, walking alongside people metaphorically, if you like, in being mm. able to pray for them, and as I've um, uh, 
personally really started to focus on prayer and I keep a prayer journal and whenever I find out about a prayer a prayer need I will write that in my journal mm. and it's really good for me too because I understand more and more how much need there is out yeah, there for prayer yeah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate, you know, one of the, a couple of things there that I just pick up on because I, I know that uh, I, uh, uh, from time to time, I go into the, uh, into the classroom at our Brighton Church where you have your, uh, your, your prayer ministry, uh, meetings, uh, week by week. And, uh, you've got a board there where you actually, uh, write up, you know, people you need to be, you are praying literally. I, I, I've often wondered, you know, what I mean, how, you know, how does the, well, I haven't actually wondered because I know how long you actually, uh, pray for in your mm. prayer group but mm. you know you have literally got dozens of people uh, dozens of issues that uh, you're praying for on a regular yes. basis yes. and I, I know that we've actually got an elders prayer group we meet by zoom every tuesday morning and uh, uh, just to be able to spend we actually spend some some time and we actually include in in that uh, uh, often requests that have come through uh, to us uh, through the faith fm uh, request uh, prayer request line but you didn't actually make one statement there that to me I, I found very insightful. You uh, you said that it was when COVID came uh, that you uh, started to realise that, hey, uh, some of the prophetic events uh, that have been uh, spoken about in the scriptures are starting to uh, really uh, be fulfilled at a real pace. Mm. You know, I'm amazed how many people have actually said exactly the same thing to me mm. uh, because uh, we are, we're just incredibly conscious that uh, what was spoken about in the scriptures is actually being fulfilled uh, day by day. You know, I, I'm just increasingly conscious that uh, Christ uh, is I believe, uh, knocking on the doors uh, mm. right now. In fact, this parable that we're uh, talking about, I think, is just so relevant uh, to all that uh, uh, all that's occurring in our world at the present uh, at the present time. But look, one thing I do want to come to because I'm starting to run out of time just at this end of the program already. Um, but look, I, uh, I, as you know, one of the things I really appreciate is uh, world religion news. And uh, in the Christian Headlines uh, site, I just picked up an article that just. A here to today. Uh, it concerns a new uh, uh, lead for, for Fox News, uh, but it made a statement that I'd love to get your feedback on if we if we can do that. Uh, this, the article is entitled Fox News, Shannon Brim uh, said, God often allows us to walk through valleys for our own good. Now, you're into prayer ministry, mm. and uh, this is what the article uh, said. The newest host of Fox News Sunday is crediting lessons God taught her during a low moment in her life for her new role, saying, the Lord often allows us to walk through valleys for our own good. Now, when I read that, I thought, wow, that's, that's a challenging sort of thought. Shannon Brim last week was named permanent host of Fox News Sunday to replace Chris Wallace, who left in 2021, uh, for her rival at C- CNN. Uh, her first show will appear on September 11. Brim, in a series of social media posts, looked back fondly to a time she was fired as a turning point in her career. Uh, the the man who fired me uh, told me I'd never make it in the business. I was humiliated. I cried a lot. I prayed a lot. Uh, that man actually did me a favour. I had much to learn. And as I spent months getting 
anyone to return an email or a call. I watched my tapes and I got real with myself. She added, there was always room for improvement and believe me, I needed it. As an outspoken Christian, Brim said, God gave her peace during the tough times. I got a healthy serving of humility and learned that God often allows us to walk through valleys for our own good. That was also true when I spent years in chronic pain and was ultimately diagnosed with a genetic condition that has no cure, she said, referencing a disorder that causes severe pain in her left eye. God walks with us through our deepest sorrows and celebrates with us on our mountaintops. Our circumstances may change, but he never will, she said. I'm feeling especially grateful for this week. I can't wait uh, to start uh, my uh, my new adventure. But look, the question that I've really got for you um, there, Tracy, is that statement that uh, she made at the very beginning God often allows us to walk through valleys for our own good. Now, you're involved in prayer ministry. Mm. There are many people out there, you know, some of them are in facing chronic uh, issues. Um, there are many who, you know, f- financial difficulties, relationship issues. And, uh, you know, this lady says, hey, God often allows us to walk through valleys for our own good. How have you found it? I mean, how would you respond to that? I agree completely. But I also would say, you know, that it's a difficult thing when people are actually in the midst of chronic pain, in the midst of um, awful um, diagnoses, all of those kinds of things. I think it's then that um, your individual faith really comes into things and your understanding of God's goodness mm. really comes into things. I have a friend who he has suffered with um, paranoia for quite some time and um, I know we're studying church right now. We're studying about suffering and, and being in, in the crucible, Christ's crucible. And um, I was able to say to him that my personal belief is that God's end game is to get you in heaven. And sometimes, and I'm not saying this is a situation in everybody's Mm. situation, but sometimes, unfortunately, human beings, when everything's going good, they kind of leave God out. Yeah. You know, and it's only when things are more difficult that we will come closer to God. And, you know, some people might stand back and listen to that and go, but, you know, that's a tyrant, you know, he just wants he mm, just wants mm. you to come close to him so he'll give you a bit of pain. I don't believe that he brings those difficulties, but he could step in and stop them, and he doesn't many times. And I think that's because um, he would do that with, um, with pain, I would imagine that he would do that, mm. but he does that. In some situations, I think he does that because it's his love for that individual wanting to see them in heaven, mm. knowing that it's only through the difficulty that they will come to that right place and that right rela- relationship and that right understanding, mm. which is why he wants the greater good. He wants you in heaven and he know, and he'll do whatever he has to to get you there. And sometimes that means 
allowing difficulty to touch our it's lives. It's almost like a like a parent, isn't it? Yes. You know, I mean, sometimes a parent's prepared to say, "Look, you know, you know, you've got yourself into a situation here," and a good parent will sometimes say, "Look, I'm not going to bail you out on yes. this one. You have to work through the the consequences of that." You know, and I know that's not always the uh, always the case, but you know, as I look at the scriptures, I turn around and I see, you know, Psalm 23. We love Psalm, the Psalm 23, David, the shepherd Psalm. Yes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, you know, could God stop? us from walking through the valley of the shadow. Well, I suppose he could. Of course he could. Absolutely. I will fear no evil. Why will I fear no evil? Because thou art with, with me. me. You know, it's as though he's there holding my hand. He seems to be more interested in holding my hand to allow me to walk through. I think of a, you know, a sermon that I've actually preached a number of times. We find uh, uh, Christ, uh, uh, Christ was going, uh, uh, going across the, uh, uh, or rather, the disciples were going across the lake in the boat, and uh, a big storm broke out. And uh, you find them. Well, I imagine. I'm praying, you know, Lord, get us out of this storm. Mm. Um, and uh, where is Christ? Well, Christ is at the back of the boat. He's sound asleep. Mm. Um, Master, don't you think? Um, and finally, we find that we find that uh, Christ is able to still the storm. But sometimes he doesn't always still the storm. Sometimes it's something like. Peter, you know, uh, Peter, uh, you know, uh, Christ came to the disciples walking on the water on another occasion. You know, on some occasions, he stills the water. On other occasions, he seems to come walking on stormy waters. And in fact, he took the hand of Peter, if I recall, Mm. and allowed Peter to walk on those same stormy waters. You know, uh, to me, this is something that I, I have to admit I don't fully understand. Um, but you know, as I as I look at this, I suppose I also have to have to agree that uh, sometimes God does allow us uh, to walk through valleys for our own good. In fact, that and think is actually the teaching of Hebrews chapter 11. You know, there were many mighty victories, one through faith, but there were also others who faced incredible challenges and whose prayers weren't immediately answered. Mm. Um, yeah, a powerful, powerful. Look, let's come to uh, some uh, some music. Uh, this is um, uh, this is uh, Faith First, and the song is Where There Is Faith. That's just exactly what we've been talking about because that's what we need to so often rely on. Faith First, Where There Is Faith. Please enjoy... Uh, this uh, this rendition it's a really beautiful 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 uh, song
Uh, and uh, faith has so much uh, to do with what we were previously speaking about. Look, guys, if you would like uh, to actually give a, a comment, a thought, some feedback, you can actually do that by uh, texting us here at our studio text number. Uh, that studio text number is 04888811. And you can send any text at all. That will come straight to uh, my desk uh, here in our studio if you've got some thought on our Bible study if you've got some uh, thought on uh, the world watch uh, segment uh, if you'd just like to say hello to us uh, we'd love to actually uh, hear from you um, and uh, that number again is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven we've also got a giveaway uh, book uh, this uh, this week now this week's giveaway book is the book uh, kindness living by Jeff Weir this is a real little beauty uh, this is uh, uh, the sort of book that you want to read if you're part of a congregation if you're part of a church uh, that uh, maybe is struggling to to grow a little bit. Uh, This uh, book is intended as a church growth tool. Uh, It's compact enough uh, to actually be able to fit into your pocket and it just encourages readers. It tells you how. You can have a kindness plan that will bring people into your church. You know, I'm so thankful that uh, I've got a number of church members at uh, uh, certainly certainly my Brighton church that have this uh, amazing ability uh, to be able to make people feel at home and make them feel welcome. And uh, uh, Tracy's there uh, nodding her (laughs) her head and it is such a 
an incredible blessing to any church. This book actually talks about that uh, uh, that particular ministry, Kindness Living. Now, look, if you'd like, it's a simple book. It's not difficult. It's a short book. Uh, you can read it uh, in just half an hour. And, uh, folks, I just encourage you, if you'd like to grow your church, then this is a book that will certainly aid in that uh, that direction. Uh, that uh, number, now just text us if you'd like that book to 04888811, And all you need to do is to just quote us the uh, code. Now, the code is SA68, SA68, no gap between the SA and the 68, because our robot, he doesn't understand gaps and uh, he struggles. Our robot, we can't afford an expensive robot. We've only got a <laughs> dumb robot and uh, no, he can only read SA68. And uh, he'll make uh, make contact you, get a few details off you so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. That number again is 04888. 80811 and the code is SA68 for that book Kindness, uh, Kindness Living. Now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And uh, today our co-host is one of uh, uh, my regular church members, and I'm sure it's a privilege for Tracy to be sitting uh, uh, opposite uh, me today. Uh, Tracy attends our Brighton Adventist Church here in uh, in South Oz. Uh, that's uh, Tracy uh, Papandreou. Uh, and this week we're looking at the theme, uh, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Christ. And today we're looking at the parable that's directed to believers who have grown tired. Uh, we're looking at uh, all that Christ had to say in his parable of the ten virgins. Now, look, Tracy, before we begin, I just thought I might take opportunity. I know that some of our uh, listeners may be uh, new to the Christian church, may not be familiar uh, with this particular parable. So I thought we might uh, just take a, just a moment to read this, and then I'll get you just to, just to dig into it and tell, you know, what is it saying to you? But mm. This is the this is the parable. It's it's found in Matthew chapter twenty five, and of course in Matthew twenty four, Christ has been talking about the, uh, the the signs of his coming. So in Matthew twenty five, he starts by talking some parables that refer that follow that very theme. Matthew twenty five and verse one, and it says this: Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom, he's coming, and go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, they trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil for our lamps. Our lamps are starting to go out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, Tracy, this is something of a, you know, people have struggled. You know, I've heard so many sermons preached about this. It's come from so many different different perspectives. What is this parable actually saying to you? Be careful. 
make sure you're on the right path, I think is what it's saying. You know, if I had to sum it up really carefully, I mean, um, when I look at this, when, when I look at all parables, I like to try and start with what are these symbols mean so I can then kind of try and interpret it for, yeah. my, for myself. So um, what we see is that the bridegroom is representative of Jesus. Yeah. We've yeah. got the virgins. They're waiting for the bridegroom to come. And the oil in the lamps, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, we see that if we go through the Bible, we can yeah, get examples yeah, of yeah. all of that. Um, but what's really interesting with this is that the bridegroom apparently delays. Everyone's kind of expecting him and he doesn't arrive at the time. They think he will be here mm. by now. But what I find interesting is everyone falls asleep. Yeah. Right? So, you know. Now that's everyone except the pastors. <laughs> I, I didn't read that part, comma, except the pastors, <laughs> Gary. <laughs> it would be nice, but I think it's, you know, collectively all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that's a little bit sad, but, mm. you know, this is a representation of how things will be at the end when the bridegroom yeah. comes, yeah. when Jesus comes. So um, what we're seeing is that there is a recognition that everyone falls asleep. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I guess that's whether we lose a bit of our passion, lose a bit of our energy. You know, we thought that Jesus would have returned by now. Uh, maybe we spent, you know, Five years ago, I used to go out and I was, you know, telling everybody about it and now I'm not. Maybe that's, you know, the kind of I, I don't make as much noise about it as I used to. Maybe that's the kind of thing that happens it's in, actually a, almost in a person's the, life. You almost get the, you know, that first love experience. You know, when a person turns around, you know, they're first converted, they come to Jesus Christ, they accept Jesus. The one thing that they want to be able to do is to be able to share that fantastic faith that they've had with their friends, their loved ones, their family, uh, whoever will listen, they're happy to talk to. Yes. Uh, and I've actually heard church members say, oh, Give them time; they'll settle down. You know, it's a bit sad, isn't it? It's incredibly sad. You know, who wants them to actually settle down? Yes, uh, yes. But that's what does happen uh, through the process of time. If we don't, yeah. Well, it does happen, but we also need to make sure we've got our reserve of oil. Okay, there. okay. Here's the difference: when we get to the part where there's the cry, the bridegroom's coming. You know, yeah. get ready. Yeah. And we find that only half of those have actually bought the 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 essentials with them. You know, I, I looked at this and I wondered: is this trying to also represent for us that there there are there is a group which they're kind of lulled into a false sense of security? I know I know what's happening. I've got this, and they don't because of that. They don't bring the extra oil. Yeah. You know, they they deliberately make a decision about not bringing extra oil. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so so that's something which I I thought about. But you know, to me, I think actually, Tracy, before we go on from yeah. here, I think that's actually a very very good good point that you actually make there because you know so often uh, I I sort of hear hear people say that, uh, and this is one, one to me is one of the real challenges. I hear people say that you know when Christ comes, there's going to be uh, two groups. There's the 
good and the bad, the sheep and the goats, you know, uh, as though it's a very clear distinction. And yet, uh, to me, there's a number of occasions, particularly in the Gospels, where Christ is teaching, where it almost appears that there's a third group. Uh, it's almost as though there's the good and the bad, the sheep and the goats, but then there seems to be this third group who are sort of waiting for the coming king, and yet they're uh, they're there's something uh, there's something happening where they're expecting to be saved but they're not i mean i think of you know in this particular parable we've got those five foolish virgins they're expecting christ they're expecting to be saved but when they when christ comes they actually miss out i think of matthew chapter chapter 7 uh where uh, christ makes exactly the same point he talks about you know many will say unto me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in your name done many mm. wonders in your name and he'll say i never knew you you know to me this this actually is something that to me, uh, it, it really concerns me. It's very uh, sobering, isn't it? Oh, it's incredibly sobering, particularly mm. when you look at the entire Christian world because you, you turn around and you say, hey, you know, you've got all these people uh, that are certainly waiting for Jesus to come and, uh, uh, and yet in the gospel there seems to be the good and the bad, the sheep and the goats, but then there appears to be this third group as well. Mm. That's worrying. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's, 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 it's it's sobering because you know to hear those words you know th- this is it's all christians that are being talked about it's not the world out there yeah. these are all people who are believers you know that this is that this is uh put put to so it it, it is a very sobering thing and i think we have to be very careful about being honest with ourselves you know yeah, yeah. um not to want to sideline too far, but while I was thinking about this, it brought to 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 mind um, uh, a scripture that I had read the day before in my meditation time with God and my devotional time with God, and that was about where um, where Jesus is talking to Peter and he's predicting that Peter will deny him, right? Mm. Uh, and and Peter says, you know. No, no, I, I won't, God, and and I won't, Jesus, and and Jesus says, you know, I'm going, I'm praying for you because Satan wants to sift you, but I'm praying for you that when you are converted, you know, you'll do all these things, and it kind of jumped out at me. I thought, you know, the actions of dis- the disciples. Yeah. Suggested that they weren't fully converted, but there Jesus actually says, "When you are converted." So He made it quite clear that at that stage they were not converted. But I thought, my goodness, these people had changed their lives; they were following Christ. They'd, mm. they'd given up their jobs, mm. so on the outside it would have looked very much like they were converted people, and yet Jesus knew that there the was heart something. was not converted yet. Yeah. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Yes. And who can know it? You know, I mean, to me, the scriptures are challenging at the moment you get into understanding what their depth is really about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, Tracy, um, I, I, we're sidelining. Let's, uh, let's come back to the parable again. Yeah. So, um, well, we talked about the fact that half of them were prepared, half of them weren't. Um, there were those who had the extra oil and all they had to do was trim their lamps 
and they were ready to go. So, you know, give themselves a bit more oil and they were ready to go. Um, but as we said, the other group, they weren't. They didn't have those supplies. They actually said to the ones who were ready, hey, give us some of your oil. Mm. And the wise ones said, well, I'm sorry, we can't. You know, we've got to make sure that we've got that. We've got enough for ourselves. But the truth is the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit cannot be borrowed from somebody else. It's, it's, not, to a transfer- it's not a transferable commodity, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. You know, um, so this is something that a person themselves has to have that experience. Yeah. So this is where, you know, the 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 foolish versions of virgins go, okay, well we better go and go and buy some. But while they're getting themselves ready because they weren't prepared ahead of time, mm. that's when the bridegroom comes, the wise come in to dine with him. And the doors are closed, which is very, very, it's quite sad, isn't it? Especially when you think that these people have spent their lives waiting, waiting for Christ. And expecting. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's kind of quite sad to, to, and it's, and to me, it's very sobering. It's, it, I question myself when I read this. Are you prepared, Tracy? What are you doing to keep the Holy Spirit alive in your life? And I think this is a daily thing that we need to keep before us, that the Holy Spirit... You know, we can know all the scriptures back and forth if we want. But if we do not allow the Holy Spirit in, and that is something we have to accept, it's not something that... It's a daily event, isn't it? It is, it is. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is there... uh, His role is transformational, to transform the character. But we have the ability to resist the Holy Spirit as well, the work that the Holy Spirit is is trying to do. Holy Spirit is trying to prepare us and get us ready that we will be able to go in and dine with the bridegroom, Mm. that we will be able to go to heaven, Mm. you know. Um, But... You know, we we have the, there's that free will. We have the ability to just shut out that voice, shut out that voice, to shut block out that to voice. block the Holy Spirit, if you like. Exactly, exactly. You know, so sometimes, you know, the free will is a wonderful thing, but in some ways, it's kind of like, oh gosh, you know, Lord, Lord, please, you know, I like, you know, I had to, I had to, in my prayer this morning, I had to ask for forgiveness because the Holy Spirit had been trying to tell me a few things yesterday and I didn't, I didn't obey immediately and I, I had to say to God, oh, look, please forgive me because please don't turn the volume down on your Holy Spirit just because I haven't been good enough to jump in straight away. Instead, turn the volume up high, mm. you know, mm. Um, mm. Is, is, yeah. is the way it makes me think about all of this. It's that still small voice, isn't it? You know, I mean, you get that, you know, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And, you know, I, I'm just so conscious within the Christian life, that seems to be God's God's desire. There's, a, you know, that still small voice, which is what I think Elijah, how Elijah described it. You know, mm. he was alone uh, on the mountain and God didn't speak through him to the uh, whirlwind. He didn't speak through him to through the storm, through the tempest, but rather he spoke through him to a, through a still small voice. 
voice. And, you know, to me, I'm so conscious that uh, that's certainly the way the Holy Spirit does speak, mm. uh, I think, to, to, to most people, you know. Uh, impression, just simply saying, hey, look, this is the way I want you to walk, you know. Uh, and scriptures actually come to your mind uh, yes. that this uh, this is my expectation for your, uh, for your life. Yes. And uh, you understand the way that God would have you walk. Yes, yes. And it's... Look, it's such a gift to us. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not going blindly. We have that tool in inverted commas yes. in our toolbox yes. available to us. But are we taking full advantage of it? Are we creating the conditions which allows the Holy Spirit to be heard? You yeah. know, I think one of the things that Satan seeks to do is to keep us so busy that we don't slow down long enough to be able to hear that still that still small voice which is seeking to transform us. I'm conscious also. I think you're certainly correct there. I mean, the sheer pace of our current life is one issue. The other thing that I'm really conscious of is the whole issue of the media uh, functioning as a blockage uh, to uh, the voice of God, you know, because to me, uh, certainly uh, God seems to uh, share with me most powerfully when I'm actually able to spend time alone with him. And uh, I know in my prayer time... uh, this morning, you know, it's that's when God seems to be able to speak uh, to us. But if we're not slowing down, as you say, or if we're blocking uh, the uh, the uh, the voice of the Lord through uh, through media, uh, you sort of I, I'm aware actually of, of some young people who just recently have uh, have said, "Hey, look, you know, we're actually going to dump uh, dump the whole television uh, set uh, simply because uh, they're saying, "Hey, look, this is becoming an addictive device uh, to us, uh, therefore." It's it's time for us, and uh, they must be one of the few people that I, I know of a couple of people who uh, don't have a, a television in their in their home. I don't have uh, one. You don't have one. Well, that adds one uh, adds one more. Uh, and many people would say, "Hey, you know, how do you survive without it? Uh, how do you survive without it?" Well, look, to be honest, um, I don't have one because I have hardly any furniture in my house because I'm redoing my house. But I must admit, I have been praying to God about whether I should get one or not because when I went and lived overseas when I came back I went for about two years without a television and then when I got one I found that this is what it did to me I was always watching good stuff you know but what it did was I would then say I'm only going to watch this tonight and then a documentary would come on that was good or whatever and I'd end up staying up later than I should, then I couldn't get up early enough to do both exercise and time with God, and so often the time with God gets shortened. And so, you know, I'm really praying about whether I should even get a TV. Wow, um, wow, you know. yeah. No, look, I, I understand that that actually because I know that we actually went for a number of years as well when uh, uh, when we certainly, uh, before we had children, we went for five or six years without a without a television and the, uh, you know, the, the difference is actually very significant, mm. you know, before and, uh, and after. But look, let's come to some music. Mm. Um, this is uh, uh, Ron and Patty Valet, uh, except the Lord uh, build the build the house beautiful beautiful song please please enjoy except the Lord build the house they labor in vain to build it except the Lord keep the city what man waketh but in vain it is vain 
they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the cage. They shall not be ashamed, except the Lord built the house. They labor in vain to build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. Though children are. That was Ron and Patty Valet, except the Lord, a builder, a builder house. Uh, now, folks, please don't forget that uh, free giveaway book, Kindness Living, a beautiful uh, little devotional book by Jeff Weir, uh, one of the best church growth tools. If your church is struggling, uh, knowing how to welcome uh, friends uh, into uh, into the kingdom, uh, then this is the book that you actually need. If you'd like your own copy of uh, Kindness Living, all you need to do is to text us here. Drive time number is over. 4888 and that code again is SA68 just SA68 and uh, our robot will uh, take some details off you and uh, we'll get that to you in the fastest uh, possible way uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is uh, one of my tr- church members and that's uh, Tracy Papandreou and that is fantastic to have uh, Tracy in the studio with us and this week we're looking at the theme radical teachings in the parables of Christ and today we're looking at a parable directed to tired believers uh, we're looking at the uh, the parable that Christ told concerning ten virgins. Now, of course, Tracy, this particular parable, uh, it really emphasizes the importance of an individual having the Holy Spirit. Now, look, I'm conscious that there may be some of our listeners who may be saying, hey, look, you know, Lord, do I have the Holy Spirit? Is it dwelling in me? Look, how would you respond uh, to that particular person? It is hard because, you know, the Holy Spirit is a mysterious, well, it's an entity, it's a he, um, and, and it's not something that we can put our fingers on. So, so it is, is hard sometimes, but I would say that it, you know, I agree with its importance, but I, I just like to quote what, um, what Jesus said to Nicodemus when he was explaining about the importance of it. Mm. And he talked about the fact that you needed to be, um, born of the born of the the spirit and when he was explaining about it he said the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit so it's this experience that we we can't command 
come on down, we can't go to the shop and buy it, we, we can't do anything to actually make it happen to us. But what, what uh, steps could we take to facilitate that? I would say create an environment where, which is conducive to the spirit. Spend time in the word. Ask the Lord to send the Holy Spirit to you mm. to help you interpret and understand the scriptures and how you need to apply them in your life. Mm. Be praying for for that very thing. I mean, the Lord says, you know, there are. I mentioned it at the beginning of the program. There are many things we don't receive simply because we don't ask, and He wants to give us. Those mm. gifts, mm. you know. He also talks about. There's a parable parable about how um, uh, the the man has a stranger come and he knocks on the door and he he's saying, "Can I? Can you give me some bread? I've got somebody who's come to my house." And and you know, it, it says at the end, you know, just keep asking because you know, earthly fathers want to give good things to their children so yeah. much more yeah. it is that the lord wants to give to his to his children you know so you, you know tracy I, I really appreciate what you're actually saying there that's uh it's so so important that we actually uh do spend that uh, that regular time but you know you know to me one of the the passages of scripture that really i suppose says a great deal to me is actually found in uh, in galatians chapter 5 and of course galatians chapter 5 talks about this issue of Walking in the spirit, mm. uh, and you know, I mean, when when Paul is answering this particular question that we're uh, that we are actually referring to, you know, and Paul says in uh, Galatians chapter five verse sixteen, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfil the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary. To one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish, but you are led by the Spirit. Then you are not under uh, the bondage of the the law. Um, Galatians chapter five and uh, verse twenty two goes on to say, uh, "But the fruit of the Spirit." And here it is to me. I think you know if I'm getting if I'm a tree and I'm developing true uh, fruit, what that means is I'm actually alive. And, uh, and doing well, and, and and doing well, and what it says here is the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. Uh, and those who have Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh, and you know, to me, the fruit of the spirit to me is probably the most powerful evidence that the Holy Spirit is actually working in the life mm. of an individual. You know, sometimes I've actually had, had people say, you know, that's important that you, you speak in tongues. That's the evidence. Well, no, it's not actually mm. because the speaking in tongues is actually a gift of the Spirit and one of the, uh, you know, it's important that we understand exactly what that gift uh, gift is. Uh, but uh, the, the gifts are given for the purpose of ministry, yes, and uh, uh, yet here there are certain fruit that seems to be expected in the life of every believer. And how do I know whether the Holy Spirit? Well, there's an increasing desire for love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. You know, to me, as I read that list, I turn around and say, "Hey, is the Holy Spirit present when those things are present?" Most certainly they are. And also, too, I think one of the things would be that 
your desires begin to line up with God's plan for you. Indeed. And and you're okay when what you pray for doesn't kind of end up the way you think it should because you you're okay because you know that God knows best. That's also another evidence if you like that um you know that 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 I'm happy with God leading that I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to to change my my plans to line yeah. up with God's. One of the authors that I really love, really appreciate uh, in my devotional reading uh, is, a, is a, she actually makes a, a statement where uh, um, she actually actually says that if we do not resist, we will be drawn by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, we will be drawn. If we do not resist, in other words, mm-hmm. our job uh, is actually to, to not resist the drawing of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to draw us very close to himself. Yes. And then uh, as that drawing takes place, our, our our very mind, our body, our, our whole being is actually watered. And uh, as a result, you get this beautiful fruit starting to be developed in the life of the uh, the life of the believer. And, uh, and I know some people have turned around and said, ah, but I don't see much of that in, in myself. Uh, do you know? myself the thing that i'm conscious of is uh over uh over a short period of time i don't see very much change in trees out in my backyard uh, but you know when uh winter gives way to spring and spring gives way to summer that's when i see the changes you know it's mm. over a period of time mm. uh, that i see the changes you know often i i'm conscious that people will actually say hey look i've you know i know that person that person has changed from how i knew them Years ago, there has been change. There's been development, but look, I'm conscious that our time is almost uh, almost up here. Tracy, look, I'm just wondering. We do need to to finish up. I'm just wondering, how would you like to pray um, for uh, our? I'm conscious there may be some people who may be be struggling, who may be saying, "Look, I want to be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit." Uh, would you pray for that person and pray that the Holy Spirit will actually fill them? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness and we thank you that you left the gift of your Holy Spirit with us, dear Father. I just want to pray, Father, for everyone, Lord, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, particularly for those who perhaps are a little bit unsure about whether they have the Holy Spirit, Lord. Maybe they know that they don't have it, but they would desire it, Lord. So we just pray that you would, with all your power, bring the Holy Spirit into all our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate that, Tracy. And if there is anybody out there, I just pray that uh, uh, that the Holy Spirit will descend upon you. And uh, may you be confident that uh, uh, he who desires the Holy Spirit will actually be given the Holy Spirit Amen. because that's the promise uh, that Christ gave to his, his disciples. Uh, Folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and uh, and Tracy Papandreou on uh, Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us at uh, 5 p.m. on Monday uh, when Pastor Will Mawala uh, will be sharing with uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich. We're going to commence a, a brand new theme uh, next week. Next week we're going to ask, is the big, is the good book too violent. Now there's a question and a half. Is the good book uh, too violent? Really look forward uh, to uh, being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. 
This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.